Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Welcome to Face to Face. This is a show about change and about what's next. It's a show that wants to ask questions, peel back the layers of our average everyday experience, and go beyond scratching the surface. We interview amazing people with incredible ideas and stories who have done wild, weird, and wonderful things. Remember that imagination shared create collaboration, and collaboration creates community, and community inspires social change. I'm David Peck, and this is Face to Face. My next conversation is about a new film called Mr. Fish, cartooning from the deep end. Again, another hot docs film that if you didn't get down to see it by the time you hear this, hot docs will probably have just freshly uh, uh, come to a close. Uh, Make sure you get to see this film as soon as you possibly can. Mr. Fish, it's about cartooning, it's about politics, and it's it's about uh, five stages of grief in reverse. What does that actually mean? Uh, but it, it's it's about um, living life and feeling very uh, personally responsible. And so we talk with Fish and we talk with the director, Pablo, about honesty and about how, how most of us uh, actually maybe are actually radical at heart and yet not really willing to follow through. Um, we need to uh, see that, you know, life really is this... Uh, thing that 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 needs to be embraced. That 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 we're distracted. That we're entertained. That that capitalism maybe is an obscenity. Well, it, at least it is to to fish, and you're going to find out why. And you're also going to find out why maybe a first thing, maybe a first principle, might uh, be worth con- uh, one that might be worth considering is is assuming that life is precious right out of the gate. Isn't that a wonderful way to get out of bed in the morning? It's a fascinating film. You need to see it. It's, 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 um, it's going to change your life in a variety of ways. You need to know about Fish's cartooning, and you can find him uh, online as well, and you're going to hear more about that in the interview. So stay tuned. Uh, we're going to be talking with Fish and Pablo Bryant coming right up. Uh, don't forget davidpecklive.com for more information about uh, a little bit about my writing and speaking, and also face-to-facelive.ca where you'll find... Uh, several hundred other interviews with some fascinating people and uh, hopefully some fascinating and engaging conversations as well. Um, in, in seconds away, uh, Fish and Pablo Bryant talking about Mr. Fish cartooning from the deep end. 
Well, welcome to Face to Face. We're joined by two very special guests here with us today. We've got a, a filmmaker and a cartoonist. Uh, Pablo Bryant is with us here today, and, and Fish uh, joining us here today to talk about their new film, Mr. Fish, cartooning from the deep end all the way from uh, tr- uh, the, 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 the deep, dark regions of Toronto and, and hot docs. Guys, thanks so much for joining me today. Sure. You're welcome. So uh, I, I know Pablo. Why don't Why don't we just dive in? I mean, I I uh, I had never heard of you, Fish, and I apologize for that. Are, are you going to reprimand me on on uh, in this interview for that? This interview's over. I'm out. You're out. You're done. We hear the we hear the door slamming in the background, and Pablo and I are left in silence. Um, yeah. So why why don't why, can you provide us a little bit of context for the film, Pablo or or Fish? I mean, just dive in and just tell our listeners a little bit about what what you've done and what you're hoping to do with the film. Well, the film is about Mr. Fish. It's a documentary about him and his work, which I discovered back in 2012. I um, I discovered him. He was on the radio, actually. Mm. He's been promoting his new book called Go Fish, which had just come out. And uh, he was talking about how he experiences each day as the five stages of grief, but in reverse. Hmm. Such that he wakes up with acceptance for the world, and then he gets angry with the world, and tries to compromise with the world, and then just goes to bed in denial so he can get some sleep. And it was just an incredibly Mm. eloquent analogy for what it's like to experience uh, what the world is like today and just how overwhelming it can be and dark and um, exploitive and, you know, the challenges we face now are are really, uh, they, they feel insurmountable and overwhelming. So I, I, I really responded to it and I got his book and his book was full of cartoons and essays and they, they had the same layers. Um, they had the same complexity and the same kind of witty sense of humor and same sense of a little bit of uh, heartbreak of all, uh, and uh, that a cartoon can uh, often single panel cartoons could have all those layers mm-hmm. and really be uh, facing the world uh, really straight, straight on. I just found it incredibly refreshing and uh, relevant. And I felt like, I discovered an artist who was really dealing with the world the way I see it, and that that felt incredibly vital to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. I love the uh, the five stages of grief. So you you start so fish. You start the day uh, kind of with would you say with arms open and saying, "Wow, isn't it wonderful?" And then slowly, is it is it is it the reality? Is it the cynicism that <laughs> that makes its way in? What 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 gets you? Yeah, and and then I guess the follow-up to that is what what actually does get you out of bed in the morning? (laughs) Well, I love the imagery of me waking up with my arms just wide open, you know, full of love and excitement. (laughs) The catastrophe that is modern civilization. Yeah. Like that. Um, So so I guess you asked what gets me up in the morning? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm, I, I, there's an answer. I'm not a biologist, but I, I could give you a very deep answer. Yeah, that's right. Yes, yeah. Done with sleeping. Um, Something to do with circadian rhythm and melatonin. Right. Yeah. It's the moon. It's the moon. That's right. The uh, four seasons. Yes. Um, now I, I sort of I, I think I know what you're you're saying, um, but it's really uh, like my commitment to the to the work that I do and sort of my mission. Yeah. Sure. It's not, there's, there's very little joy in it, 
there's much more a feeling of responsibility, and it's it's mm-hmm. not even responsibility as an artist to the community. It's personal responsibility. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like when I wake up, um, and I think I'm, I'm not alone in this. You know, you wake up and you want to uh, face the day with a certain um, degree of honesty. Sure. Uh, and you want to be able to recognize what is treacherous and what you should embrace in the world just because it's a truthful way to live. Um, I just happen to have a way to catalog that and and deliberate on it with a a ability to render things and also to turn things into into humor. Right. A lot of like what Pablo said, there is a lot when you wake up and you look, there's a lot in the world that is really, really upsetting. And, uh, you know, the purpose and function of jokes is to address what is despicable about things, but to to um, render it in such a way that it's not lethal anymore. Uh, it's it's not so banged hmm. and dangerous that you're, you know, afraid to touch it like it's a snake. You know, you, you want to be able to engage with these things knowing that they're toxic, um, but also feeling that you have the ability not to be destroyed by them. Right. You have a survival instinct. You know, everybody has that survival sure. instinct. You, I, I, you know, I watched the film and 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 you and and the, Pablo, the way you 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 let us into Fish's life and his family, it's just so wonderful and intimate, and and I so love that. And I want to I want to sit in one of your classes, by the way, Fish. I mean, I I just I, I the 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 questions you're raising and the 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 observations. I mean, you really did. I mean, I just I couldn't help but think of Noam Chomsky through pretty much the whole film. I don't know how you feel about Chomsky's work and and so on, but but um, interviewed him. I mean, I've you know, you've interviewed him. Yeah, I mean, oh. he and I, we spent a little time together. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, and he's actually in uh, my my most recent book, which is called um, uh, what's it called? Oh, and then the world blew up. <laughs> One of those really hopeful titles. Yeah. Right. Speaking of me greeting the dead. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, and it was a really interesting interview with him because um, having read his interviews for years and heard his talks. Um, I knew that I wanted to engage with him on subjects that I hadn't heard him speak about, which is pop culture and, you know, the function of satire. Because I really wanted to get his perspective on that. Like, what is the arts community's uh, ability to change the political landscape? Right. Back back to your idea, your, your, your idea of responsibility. Yeah, and it was really interesting because it is, it was an area of conversation that he was not an absolute genius on. Huh. You know, so it made for an interview from people who have read it, where it was like, wow, I've never heard uh, Chomsky talk about this stuff and also um, not be the uh, the absolute, um, you know, be-all and end-all of understanding how it functions. Like, for him to call, when I was talking about, uh, you know, where is art today that communicates um, honestly about where we are as a, as a species or, like, our connection to politics... He said, oh, it's very vibrant. Take, for instance, the punk rock, mm. which, was so, which was so great. Because I, then I felt like I was talking to like, my grandfather, <laughs> who right. were to just like, yes, well, the punk rock. Yes. I had to say, well, you know, let's, let's, maybe in the 19, mid to late 70s, you know, that was a vibrant, you know, like this is an art form that is addressing politics in a new and interesting way that has... Yep. Cut, cut, cut to a shot of Noam Chomsky skateboarding and the dead Kennedys playing in the right, background. Exactly. Yeah. Um, is, it, is, is, is Chomsky the kind of person who just wouldn't say, hey, you know what, that's a subject I don't know that a, a lot about. Can you ask me another question? Actually, he did say that. Oh, okay. Because a lot of his source then was just like, from what I've heard. Right, right, right. 
So it was really interesting. And he's the, he's, he's the nicest guy I've ever sat down at. And he's so giving. It was really, really uh, That's so amazing. I'm so thrilled to hear that. I've just, I've always, I mean, since manufacture consent and then the film actually manufacturing consent, I've just been yeah. such a huge fan for, for so many years. Tried to, tried to get him to speak at a few events. It just never, never worked out. And, and he's just, yeah, for, for me, he's like the, the, ma- the master of, 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 a, of a particular, uh, a way of, I don't know. Challenging the status quo, I guess you could yeah. say, which is what apparently you are all about. Um, I can't decide though if you're hopeful or cynical, and I hate to just go go polarized there. But can can you talk a little bit about that again? Back to the getting out of bed in the morning, I guess. Pablo, you've probably got some insights here too. Well, I'll just say that you know that it's it's that's a uh, question that is it's circumstantial. The answer, <laughs> right? Uh, because sometimes I do. I feel like, and I've even said to Pablo, I'll call Pablo and just say we're doomed. Right. You know, and that's a short conversation we have. <laughs> right. Then there's just, you know, there are there are strategies. And there are people that you can, um, that particularly going to these festivals, um, there are people after the screening that if, if they haven't heard of me, they come up and they talk to Pablo and I and say, wow, you know, this really resonates. Uh, I've had these thoughts and feelings, and thank God somebody is actually creating right. art and trying to communicate this and get this out in the world. And that and that does make me feel hopeful because then you don't feel alone. You feel there's a community, uh, you know, and then you uh, assume that there is a population that can be inspired to actually affect political change. So to to quote right from the film, does that sort of say say to you that that maybe there is a threat that exists to the dominant culture of the day? Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, all it really, I, I think that anybody who wants to communicate this kind of conversation honestly, uh, I think most people are radical at heart, and they're radical nice. with their friends. They're much less conservative and much less apt to go along with the status quo. It's, it's when you get out into the public that right. you decide to self-censor, um, because there's there's a much there's, there's a deeper sense of danger, and there's a sense that there are penalties for speaking your mind when you're out in public, right? So when you're with your friends and you're talking, it's just like, yeah, this sucks. This this is wrong. There's un, there's injustice here. I'm outraged by this, um, and it's different from when you're you're in public. And so that's the point of like this movie and also art. Art enables you to have those uh, those private interactions with your own thoughts that you can then uh, have, um, they're being sanctioned. You're, you're being told you're not alone. Right. It's a little less lonely. Yeah, I, yeah. I would just add to that, I think one of the things that I responded to about his art was that it was not um, heavy-handed from a, from a sort of a progressive or leftist point of view, that the way that he was presenting the cartoons and the issues that he was tackling within them, um, they were they were often pointing to the absurd nature of things in such a way that you you were able to get a, a hit of the dark reality of some topic, whether it's something that has to do with environmentalism or right. how insanely dysfunctional our politics and, and what the real cost of that is to, to human life. Um, but there was also the sense of how absurd it is and how um, and, and it always felt open-ended. In other words, a lot of cartoons, they're heavy-handed. They land on their point so with such dead certainty that there's no invitation to sort of explore the idea. Right. Things just given to you and it's just hammered down and it's, um, 
you know, you receive it dead. There's no life to it. There's no um, sense of exploration of the topic. And uh, that, again, that's what I was responding to in his art was that it, 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 it invites you in, even though it, it's often, um, you know, very intense subject matter. So. Yeah, I guess it. I guess it invites you in if it doesn't shut you down right out of the gate, right? And I'm, it must be so frustrating. And I, I, I would imagine. Uh, I mean, I guess you've you've learned how to deal with that uh, in a way, fish. Have you along the way, or or maybe not so much? Yeah, no, no, and that, that's a good point. And that goes back to what I was saying about the public versus the private self. Sure. Because there are it's 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 discussed in the film how. Um, it's it's hard to find a venue that is willing to publish my work and to celebrate my voice. Well, un- un- and unapol- I mean, I couldn't. I mean, I, I was so glad probably you left that piece in with the with with your former Daryl. Is it Daryl Cagle, the yeah. former former agent, and how how he's going to edit your work to make it more palatable, right, yeah, to, yeah. to the masses? And it's like so. There's there's very few places, if any, that will unapologetically just let us decide for ourselves. I always feel a little bit strange doing radio interviews because we're talking about his work, which is a visual medium. And people Yeah, it's true. And they probably haven't seen the film yet, but hopefully we're stirring them up enough that they're going to get out and see it. So oh, yeah. Or go to, go to Mr. Fish's site, clowncrack.com. Look at his work. Um, you know, while you're listening to this interview, because, um, people are really surprised. People don't have any idea how far he can take things and just, I mean, people's eyes pop and they gasp, <laughs> shocked, and they're uh, delighted, and all these emotions happen when they when when they're watching the film and seeing his work. And, and that's clown crack, by the way, for those of you out there. Not craft, but crack. Clowncrack dot com. Check it out. Um, I mean, do you? So let's let's go right to the beginning of the film. I mean. Is this really about the First Amendment, or are we are we talking about something even more sort of, um, I don't know, below the surface than that? Are we just talking about power, oppression, and abuse of it? I don't think it's... I mean, I think the First Amendment is... Um, it's, it's central in one way, and, but in another way, it's still just a very personal documentary about his mm. life, mm. Um, his honesty with his work, his... Um, his unwillingness to water it down in order to, to make it more sellable, and then the real uh, friction between being being an artist and being true to what you create, and then the having to figure out the marketability of it and the, the commerce and where everything, if if you are going to sell it, it has to be palatable, and 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 if art has to fit into that mold, uh, it's not art anymore. Right. Product. And, and I think people are losing sight of that, and I'm, I'm really happy that this film is a reminder of what art can be, that it's precious, that it's valuable, and that it should not be fit into a commercial model. It should be its own thing. And Well, I just want to say, too, I like the question about the First Amendment, because it's, uh, and this is particularly true in the States, um, when it comes to something like the First Amendment, uh, more and more, I think the population recognizes that kind of law as something that gives us rights. You know, right. gives us rights to sort of communicate a certain way. But really, the, the whole concept of the First Amendment is, is there to recognize the rights that we have. So it's 
I, I, I operate in complete contempt of legislation and rules like that. Um, so for me to have the mentioning of the First Amendment at the beginning of the of the movie is really, there's a certain deep existential truth that it sort of echoes in me, but it's also a joke. Right. You know, it's, it's really just to begin the, the documentary with just like, okay, from here on out, from the very first thing you see, uh, I'm going to be uh, making fun of a lot of things and, you know, tongue-in-cheek go into this and feel free to uh, to be irreverent, you know, be, a, be an outlaw. And not, not, this won't ruin anything for your for people who are going to see the film. I die at the end tragically. <laughs> <laughs> it was a bit. It was a bit upsetting, frankly. But the, yeah. <laughs> how how is it? So so I think it was D. W. Griffith who said the purpose of all art or purpose of film is to make you see, and you have that again, Pablo. So glad you left it in the or put it in the film. That that the the lecture. You know, if you can't look, you can't see, and and and. This really, I think, for I, I hope for most of us, is about taking notice and and being present. And I love, I, I love, you know, you talk about your children as being precious and, and vulnerable or making you more, you know, I, I so love that honesty and that authenticity. Can you talk a little bit more about that not being able to look and not being able to see and, 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 and what some of those implications are for us? Like moment by moment implications even? This more for fish or for me? Oh, go e- either go. Well, uh, you know, it's uh, it's 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 that scene points out how we operate as human beings is we don't want to look at the things that disturb us, you know. And the way that fish uh, renders his satire is it's funny and it's also disturbing at the same time. You know, you laugh and you cringe. Right. Right. Um. That's really, you know, part of his unique talent, I think. And um, and you know, we are, I, you know, we. Sh- I look around the world and I look at what's happening, and I think we should all be in the streets, and we're <laughs> not for some reason. And I think it is because we're like highly distracted and 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 highly over over entertained. Mm-hmm. We're not really looking at and dealing with the things that we should be looking at and dealing with. So. Um, you know, that, that's part of the value and function of his art and part of the value and function of the film is to just remind people that, that it's okay and it's, it's, it's actually empowering when you do it, you know? Well, one thing, too, that I would, uh, listening to Pablo speak so eloquently, uh, made me think of something else. Um, it's, I think the movie also explores what the concept of obscenity is. Mm-hmm. Not in the way that people would typically understand what obscenity is. You know, it's not all just about, like, naked things. And, you know, there are a lot of penises in the documentary. Um, but at the same time, there's, to me, um, um, you know, capitalism is an obscenity. Um, uh, jingoism is an obscenity. Right. Blindly following church doctrine is an obscenity to me. So if, if anything, and this just is an extension, too, of how I tend to work, um, I think that the only way to get to the bottom of, uh, of, of, or to avoid having reflexive thinking that prevents you from looking deeply, deeper into uh, scenarios and situations and truth, um, you need to, um, wow, I started that with so compl- such a complication. <laughs> I was just like, wow, how am I going to get to the end of <laughs> it? Just, I, I'll just say it this way. Um, um, People walk through the world and they look at, you know, their nation's flag, right? They're inspired by it. Um, 
but they don't it, it it's not a reflection of the foreign policy of their country really you know it it doesn't go go deeper than just the reflexive the the the, um, the cue to have a patriotic feeling same thing you look at uh, the, uh, the apple computer icon wow that's really sexy that's really interesting but you're not inspired to look at the suicide nets from the people who are building those machines mm. across the seas you know, and the, the horrible working conditions and the and the true obscenity about what that is. The, co- the, co- the complicity behind the, the corporate. Logo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so my, my stuff, and I think that the, the movie does this well, is uh, it asks you to, to it, it commands you and inspires you, hopefully, to ask questions about everything you look at and not just to assume that, uh, you know, that, that you're being told the truth and that the joys that you're experiencing um, are genuine. I, I love how you say you, your 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 goal is well, or at least one of your goals is that you want people to eat their vegetables. <laughs> right, right. Do, do you not do you, do you not actually eat vegetables, or <laughs> you're you're, da- you're down on vegetables, fish? I'm, I'm I'm a bit concerned about your health. Well, Tolstoy had this. I wish I knew that I had the quote at the top of my at the top of my head, like specifically. But he was telling, he had this quote about what art. Like the, the the function of art as a nutrition the nutritional value of art, <laughs> right? And so he was it's just saying one way to judge art is not how like how tasty it is, you know, and full of empty calories, you know, because you're just going to get art that doesn't really do, do anything but turn you into sort of a, a glutton, and right. your heart will explode, and, you know, you'll be disgusting. And I, and I always really loved that. Robert Shear said your work is, I think, in the film. He said savage and honest. Is is that is that fair, or do you just say, you know what? It's I'm just telling the truth here. I'm just I'm just I I'm I'm trying to represent the world the way I see it. Yeah, but I can see somebody on the outside who's just you know if you're not if you're supposed to if decorum is telling you how to behave right, and then you you know fart in church because you can't stop yourself from farting in church. You know that's not being rude and it's not being honest. It's not being anything. But you know certainly somebody could hear that sound of flatulence and say, wow, that's actually a pretty good comment. <laughs> Have you ever thought about stand-up comedy? I, I did that for a little while. Oh, did you? Yeah. Yeah, very early on. It was horrible. It, because you of your experience of it, or horrible for the audience, or a bit of both? It was, it was a bit of both. <laughs> I had written, my idea of stand-up comedy was to write something. Uh, it was actually in the more the George Carlin thing, but okay, I'm yeah. nearly as, as masterful as him. But, you know, you write something, memorize it, and then go and basically recite it. It's got wisdom in it and jokes in it. But to bring that to an open mic night when you're given 10 minutes, you know, and people are out there just with the drink minimum, you know, and you're sort of late in the evening. They don't want to hear. Right. It was not my scene. Pablo, you, it sounds like you kind of found um, um, Fish in a sense and went, wow, this is, this is brilliant. This is marvelous. I want, I, want to, I want to tell this story. So I guess in a way kind of... In, in similar, um, I guess, kind of similar, uh, similar worldviews, I suppose. What, what? And tell me if I'm wrong on that. But what, what have you kind of learned along the way as you've been, you know, peeling back the layers into into this sort of this guy's life and his work and so on and his art. Uh, I mean, I definitely feel that I've evolved a lot um, in terms of how. I observe the subtleties of uh, of our politics and how we operate as a species, and just 
you know, um, a kind of a deeper way of, of looking at the world, um, having a little bit more compassion for, for I, you know, I guess in some sense the, the, the people who are in power uh, mm. in, in an odd way, um, it's all just such a, a wreck, it's such a car wreck, the way things work. Um, yeah, I, it's, you know, it's, it's hard for me to talk about it because it's very internal and, um, but I've definitely, I do, I do feel like I've evolved, um, from working on this film and thinking about these things and thinking about the purpose of art and, um, thinking about the loss of this art form of cartooning at, at, at right. a which I will say, I wasn't a fan of when I started the film. I didn't make the film because I'm a big fan of editorial cartooning. In fact, as I was making the film and doing more research into it, I began to realize how mediocre and, and pathetic a lot of it is. Like I said, it's mostly just very heavy-handed and, and not, not very... Uh, not done in, in a very interesting way. So um, I wasn't coming from like, oh, I'm a cartoon guy. Let me make a cartoon documentary. It was more. It was more about finding an artist who was really uh, facing the world with a, with a, an incredible amount of, of bravery and honesty, and able to com communicate that back in his work. Um, and you know that's inspiring to me. And mm. I think I, you know, we live. We do live. And Bob Shear has said this. Uh, I think on one of the Fish's books, one of the little blurbs. You know that we live in a sellout culture. Right. And. Um, the materialism of our culture has taught everyone that just like money is it. Money is the end of everything. If you get money, you, you have succeeded. And um, that kind of culture that we have someone like Fish who's pushing back against that, um, I just, I found it to be really interesting. And, I, and, and it's a great reminder. People are like, oh, that's right. You know, like I was saying before, art is valuable as in and of itself despite whether it makes money or not. Um, it's, it's not about that. Um, and that also gets into some of the struggle he has in the film financially. I can't believe you only lasted a year at Whole Foods. A year and a couple months? I mean, let's not turn this into a real tragedy. <laughs> right. That's pretty pretty extreme by the sounds of it. Um, are, you, are you finding kind of work right now? Are you, are you, are you getting by? Oh. Ridiculous! Trump wow. affected, and all of a sudden, I'm so viable. Yeah, I'm doing. I'm I'm doing all right at the moment. So, I I, I want to come back to a, a comment earlier that I made, or we were going down a, a certain uh, path about. Uh, I was trying to sort of decide. So, is this guy? Is this guy like like platonically uh, idealistic and hopeful, or is he like this deep dark cynic? You know, and I and I'm really not about polarization, but I was sort of sort of playing with that a little bit and then and then you started I started to you know this light was being shone into your family which I thought was just remarkable and the Thanksgiving scene and you know the mana food bank which is hysterical by the way but anyway um, here you are uh, talking about slow slow motion do you know the being on this path to slow motion doomsday and yet you've got this 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 relationship with your family that is utterly brilliant and marvelous and wonderful and and frankly something I think we all need to aspire to. So it seems to me like you re you really are this this platonic idealist. Can can, can you 
speak about that a little bit or react to that <laughs> or push back on me? <laughs> oh, it's true. I know what you're saying. It's just, yeah. It is hard for me to to have the perspective of somebody from the outside, um, but I do get that a lot from people who who know my work um, and then who meet me. They're they're shocked that I'm right. covered with tattoos and just like really prone to like a violent outburst and, <laughs> yeah. did you take the did you take the nose ring out for the film is <laughs> yeah. no but it's, it's true i mean i wake it's it, it is ridiculous that i wake up literally every morning i'm so excited to get up mm. um because i can't wait to get to work and just sort of figure stuff out and you know and just see what makes me laugh and maybe that's part of it i mean a lot of my the trajectory of how i i engage with my work is really um, assuming life is precious, I'm waking up ready to have a really good time, uh, and then I the politics start to basically tell me why I can't have a good time. Right. You now and and it starts to rob my sense of my personal humanity, uh, and then I get I, I get angry and I expose I express my anger in my art, you know, and those are my slugging into the system during the day. But at heart, my chemistry is such that I, I tend to be a, just a pretty happy person right i mean is that what i i still don't understand how he operates i've been i've been focusing all of my attention on him for six years and i i still have moments of quiet where i just wonder like why is he not the most depressed angry person i've ever known and i just uh i he has some kind of grace about him Mm. uh, that that allows him to look cleanly in the face of our doomsday and remain and find some cheer and have this other way of expressing joy and 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 really uh, appreciating what's lovely in life um, uh, I, I can't do that myself I I do have depression and it is uh, when I look at the world and some of the what's going on I can't help but uh, get low about it right so I don't I really just I think he's some kind of he's, he, his, his wiring is either messed up or he's <laughs> found some way of balancing all these things. It's it's all the reruns of Leave It to Beaver. It's got to be it. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. I think you know what though, Fish. I think you're you're. I mean, there's so many insights, and and I love I love the nuance of the film. I love the the layers of your work and and all that's going on. But your com- your comment just a couple minutes ago. I mean, as a first principle, assuming life is precious, yeah. I think it's a pretty pretty good way to get out of bed in the morning and i'm wondering how many of us actually do that i mean and isn't that i mean i i struggle myself personally with staying present being with my kids you know 10 and 12 years old being in the middle of a of a a game of donkey kong or 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 whatever it is with my son or, or 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 listening to about the play that that happened today at work and so on instead of always you know being in the what's next does that make sense i I wonder too though if that's if that's, uh, a, a, I would argue it's a strategy on art making, hmm. you know, because I've always done this. Um, and if you're going to create a piece of art, uh, ask any artist this: you're you, you're in a you're in a private space, and you have to in, you you actually have to be present at it, right, for it to function. So I, I wonder if that's just part of it, because it's always been my ambition to be an artist. I've, I've never went through at any point of my growing up like okay now the job i want to have that's going to bring me money that will give me this or that thing was never ever part of my calculus 
Um, so I just think that I'm I'm just used to to being as present centered as I can, you know. Well, I think it's yeah, I think it's brilliant advice. Uh, sadly, guys, we're going to have to come to the end of the interview here in a in a minute or two, and I I feel like we're just kind of getting started. Uh, I hope I hope you feel the same way. But a question I have been kind of uh, dying to ask is, do you actually either of you uh, go to go to a diner and just make fun of people? <laughs> I do not. <laughs> <laughs> I I just do it while I'm driving down the street. Right. <laughs> Privacy of my car. <laughs> no, I definitely do it. I do it everywhere I can. <laughs> yeah, but it's good fun. I mean, I, 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 I never do it out of malice or, or you know, contempt of humanity. Uh, and I love when people make fun of me. I, I did last semester at uh, Penn, um, it's my satire class, and one of the options for your final paper in the class is that you can get up and do 15 minutes in front of the class of, uh, you know, some sort of, of a monologue. And this one student basically did uh, 15 minutes pretending to be me. <laughs> and it was brutal. And it was, the class was on the floor. Um, and I found it really, I found it really, really, you know, profoundly entertaining because it was a real, it was a great send-up of, you know, of me being, you know, too verbose, you know, and, you know, showing slides that is essentially like two paragraphs. And then the next slide says, you know, an ex- you know, some dirty word about something. It'll be like a single word. And that's my teaching style. You know, let's be very, into, let's over-intellectualize. Right. Then I'll show a dick joke. And then everything will be made clear. <laughs> right. So was it, was it hard to watch this 15-minute monologue, or was it kind of uh, enlightening? It was, it was great. It was yeah. enlightening. It was really, really funny. Because well, one of the things that I did, like he had it down to, uh, this thing that I've been doing that makes my wife crazy is I thought it would be a really interesting thing for me with my sports jacket that I wear. I wear a, a, typically a black sports jacket. And I put up the collar because I'm like, this looks kind of Mandarin. And it makes my wife crazy. She's like, you look like a jackass. It looks like you just like put it on and you're just an old man who doesn't know that his collar is... <laughs> right. Uh, and I'm like thinking, no, it's hip. I'm going to try to get the students. They're just like people on campus to start doing it, and I'll start this trend. Not, nobody's going to do that. It's, it's idiotic. So, of course, the kid who you know, mimicked me, he had to make sure that he put his collar up in front of the class and got a very big laugh. I think, I think, I think John Cusack tried to make it a thing back in the 80s. Yes. I think he did. Did that, that happen? It's... it's Guys, I, I, what, what, what a great time having a, uh, a chat with you both today. I, I so appreciate your work, Fish. I so appreciate the film. It's, it's brilliant. It's, it's funny. It's insightful. It's deeply troubling on so many levels. And, and thanks to you both. Uh, we've been talking today with uh, Pablo Bryan and Fish about uh, their new film, Mr. Fish, cartooning from the deep end. And if you want to find out more about Fish's work, check, check him out, uh, Clown Crack. That's crack, C-R-A-C-K dot com. Thanks to you both. I really appreciate your time today. Yeah, no, good time. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello 
Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.